Blue Wire. Welcome to a very special episode of That's What B Said, a Cleveland sports podcast brought to you by Untuck It. I'm Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View, and I'm joined tonight by the super talented Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Unfortunately, Brie can't join us. She's on vacation, but Meredith, she has forwarded me her head coach wish list, which I will be sharing toward the end of the show. Um, I feel like she should have also shared it with Santa, too, because uh, <laughs> we didn't know. I, didn't... I know. Well, well I some of we us had... know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had I think a lot of us saw the writing on the wall um, and we can get into this a little bit later. I think Freddie might be the only person who didn't see the writing on the wall. He on wasn't the only one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll have to get into that head coaching uh, wish list and yes. uh, changes for the Cleveland Browns. Yes. So, um, everyone, in case you missed it, I don't know how you would have, but in case you did. I mean, I almost did. You did. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news. Freddie is fired. Um, The Browns played their final game of the season. They lost to the 114 Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Somehow they made Andy Dalton look like he was very mobile. And then I fell asleep at halftime. I I downed some Benadryl (laughs) and I passed out. (laughs) That God. really happened. What well, I, I mean, at I some jealous. point I was like, you know, I'm very itchy and I'm weighing if this is worth it or if it's not. And I was like, you know what? It's Benadryl time. It's Benny time. So I down <laughs> that and then I just I was out for the rest of the time. Woke up at like I don't know, four thirty and I saw the score. I was like, Oh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, Glad the Browns it. were the Browns were leading for one series and they did what they always do, and I mentioned it a few times, where they come out looking like a competent football team for one drive Mm -hmm. and then fall apart. That's been the story of the Cleveland Browns. Like, I think if there were, if their record was they won every game where they scored first, they'd have a better record than the Ravens right now or something. I can't, uh, I, I don't remember. I'll have to look and see how many games they scored first, but it feels like almost every single game, Yeah, you know, with the exception of, uh, 49ers, they didn't score first. I don't think they scored first against the Titans. But yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, the scoring drives, every game that the Browns scored first, they would probably have 12, 13 wins at least. And it's been the same story where they come out, they have an amazing rushing touchdown, amazing passing touchdown, and then all of a sudden they just fall apart. And you're like, what happened to the Browns from the first five minutes of this game? Yeah, because they come out looking real hot. I mean, like, it's kind of like a work day, you know? I feel like I'm most productive at, like, 8 mm a.m., like, when I'm at work. And then come, like, I don't know, (laughs) 8.45 a.m. I'm useless for the rest of the day. Once you finished your first cup of coffee, you're done. That's it. I have like a 45 minute window where I can do anything and everything. And then after that, I'm like, I, um, I had a job once it was a data entry job. It was like one of my first jobs out of college before, um, I got into where I, well, I was still in radio, but I was doing, um, some of the business stuff and I would actually get through my work by like noon because I knew that somehow after lunch I just didn't want to do anything so yeah. I would I would do I would and I was serious I would do every single thing I was responsible for my entire full day's worth of work I would get it done before lunchtime just because I wanted to play on Twitter and, like, <laughs> and just goof around after lunch and then just pretend to work although uh 
I don't recommend doing that. That like we do not uh, endorse that. But yeah, that was uh, no, we endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to blow off work and play on Twitter all day. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously, now that I have uh, the nature of my job is much different. And I can, and you know, that's not what I do now. But yeah, when I was doing like data entry stuff, I would try to rush to finish it all before lunchtime so I could dig around for the rest of the day. There you go. That's, so I guess I that's what it. the Browns are doing. Like, I mean, and you'd think the Browns would be doing that if they like handed Nick Chubb the ball every single sequence for maybe like the first quarter of the game and they'd be like, okay, we've done our work for the day, which by the way, Nick Chubb, 13 carries yesterday. That's it. And it was, well, I mean, uh, somehow Cincinnati did a really good job of like containing him, which is weird because like it's Cincinnati and, and their defense, their rush defense can't be great. I don't know the stats there, but I'm pretty sure if you only won, you know, one game up until yesterday, that your rush defense can't be all that fire. So I don't know. I mean, um, nothing is great with the Bengals. And one of the things that I had said to uh, a friend going into this game, it was the the Bengals have no reason to lose because they already locked up the first pick and they're very likely going to draft Joe Burrow. Yeah. And then the Browns have no reason to win because, you know, especially if the team didn't want to keep Freddie around, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have motivation to win. Um, the fact that the Browns had been completely eliminated from the playoffs by that point and, you know, at, at this point, and I think Baker said it was pride was the only thing they were playing for. And I just, to me, it doesn't always feel like pride is enough. You know, yeah. when when you're taught when you're talking about reasons to win, if pride is your only reason, you know, the Browns didn't really have any motivation yesterday. And so I think that really showed on the field. Like I know OBJ wanted to get his thousand yards, which he did. So we've got OBJ with a thousand yards receiving. We've got Jarvis Landry with a thousand yards receiving and Nick Chubb thousand yards rushing and somehow this team is still six and ten like it's just mind-boggling to me that you have people like some of the best running backs and some of the best wide receivers in the league and I I'm convinced that if Kareem Hunt played the full season that he could also potentially have over a thousand rushing yards as well yeah. um although maybe not because Freddie refused to run the ball for the entire season but still like he has the potential to be a thousand yard rushing back and and Nick Chubb hit that that mark as well so you've got all of these guys with these amazing stats and these amazing numbers and just this nothing but talent and this team still can't pull it out so it's just oh it's frustrating it's amazing and yesterday it was funny at the start of the game yesterday they kept talking about the flood the flood watches and it's really coming down out here like torrential downpours and stuff and you just see Freddie call pass after pass after pass after pass and you're like dude (laughs) why what are you doing like i've said it for like the whole season my biggest issue with him is that he tries to outsmart everyone and you know he says well you know nobody will be expecting the pass because it's raining well yet nobody's expecting it because it's a stupid thing to do (laughs) like that's it that's the bottom line don't if it, it if it's stupid, don't do it. And he couldn't stop doing stupid things. So I, I almost wonder if the reason why he was calling passing plays so much is because in the back of his mind, he wanted to keep OBJ as happy as possible. And, you know, OBJ is happy when he's putting up the numbers. Yeah, so OBJ almost, was also, like, vomiting the whole game. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and not just in yesterday's game, but I'm almost thinking, like, the entire season. I wonder if Freddie had in the back of his mind, oh, I need to keep 
OBJ happy. So he's calling these pass plays, hoping that Baker was going to find OBJ downfield. And he just never really did. He either didn't because I can't count how many times where OBJ was like wide open and Baker didn't throw it to him. So you've got Baker's reads were questionable because he didn't see a wide open OBJ. And then there were plays where Baker would have that ball perfectly placed in in OBJ's hands and OBJ would drop it. So I don't know if that's why Freddie had been calling all those passing passing plays all season, but it's a very frustrating thing when you've got, you know, every fan out there and every, you know, even media member and pundit and every person that watches these games and says, why isn't he running the ball more? And then Freddie just doesn't do it. It's just, it. I don't know what Freddie was seeing that we may or may not have, have been seeing. And I don't know what, he was thinking and to me that's one of the things i just i just want to know what he was thinking i want to know why and you know he was asked so many times in so many press conferences why are you calling all these passing plays and i mean it wasn't worded in that way but that question was asked and his answer was always the same was you know i thought we you know i I thought the passing game was there i thought the you know i thought we had the game in the air Mm -hmm. and it's like did you really or well like but but why like when you've got Nick Chubb and then when you have Kareem Hunt like at one point I think the first half of the season Nick Chubb was averaging four to five yards a carry so I'm like when you're at third and short why are you not handing the ball the ball to Nick Chubb he literally just has to fall over and he's going to get you a first down yeah so it was just I mean it was it was a long time coming and um, I feel bad for Freddie as a person because he is a very good guy and he's very likable and he was very uh endearing to a lot of people in Cleveland but I also think that this just wasn't the right job for him um I think maybe at some point he would have had the potential to be a head coach in the NFL but I think he got promoted uh too quick too soon yeah um so yesterday at the beginning of the show I said tonight we were supposed to record last night but things got too late and yeah now we're so yesterday on Twitter um <laughs> I got destroyed oh no oh no what happened this time you i feel like that's the story every week i know but this is really bad (laughs) and this is actually a funny story so okay and i feel like people have been waiting a long time to catch me in a gotcha moment and they got me yesterday so they were very excited about this um i've been saying for weeks that i didn't think freddie was gonna get fired because to me that made too much sense and it just feels like this year didn't make a whole lot of sense so anything that, you know, it it feels off-brand for them to do something sensical at this point. So I was like, no, he's just going to stay and they'll keep him until <laughs> next year or whatever. Um, so at 7.45 last night, I tweeted, I still don't think Freddie gets fired, though. Oh, at no. 7.52 p.m., he was fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me right now? I mean, it's like they were waiting for me to say that so that they can make me look bad. I know. And then um, it's funny because I was telling you before that you kind of almost broke the news to me. Like, I I kind of knew that it was coming. I thought it was going to happen this morning because uh, we're recording Monday morning. Um, and so I was on the phone with my parents last night and I was talking to my mom and dad and I have no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden I get a text from you that says, all right, we got to record an emergency pod. And I was like, well, wait, what? <laughs> emergency (laughs) i was was on the phone with my parents and then i stopped and my dad's like because i was in the middle of a sentence and my dad goes hello are you there and i was like 
dad, I think I have to go. He's like, what do you mean you think you have to go? I was like, I think Freddie just got fired. And he was like, what? I was, sh- I couldn't believe they, like, did they even wait for him to like get off the the bus or plane or whatever they were on? I don't know. Like, I, I don't think they Lane Kiffin'd him. Um, I do think that they let him off the tarmac before God. they fired him. But yeah, no, I think it was um, right when they got back to Cleveland last night. Um, I don't. Oh yeah, there was a video that surfaced. Oh, did you God. see that? Um, I didn't, but I've heard about it. I'll probably watch it at some point. I don't even know um, if it exists anymore. I think they took it down. Although, uh, no, I saw it this morning. Someone else tweeted it. <laughs> so it's yeah. still out there. I'll send it I to mean, you. yeah, if it's on the internet, it lives forever, which, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a sad thing, but, you know, it's not, you know, out of the realm of, you know, acceptance. Like, it, it's okay to film somebody, well, someone. And, like, I had, I'm not going to get into the ethics of the video itself because I don't have, like, a strong opinion either way. My strong opinion is that I found it very concerning that last night the people a lot of the people that were completely outraged about this video of a man walking out of a building are the exact same people who have been calling him a fat idiot for all of Ugh. the year. So I'm like, okay, like nah, I'm gonna have to call these people out because I can't and then, you know, course that made a lot of people mad which i don't care about (laughs) (laughs) i don't care anymore (laughs) stop caring guys um but yeah like if if you're gonna sit there and call him a fat moron idiot worthless piece of shit all year you can't sit there and and blame the meat like how dare they those vultures like excuse me who do you think you are yeah and i think it's also it was a very humanizing moment. Like I said, I haven't seen the video, but I can only imagine what it looks like where you're actually you're seeing a man, you know, walk out of the building. And I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone from the NFL Network who has a close personal relationship with Freddie talked to him on the phone last night and then tweeted about Freddie being emotional and thinking that he had the support of the institution when he yeah, really yeah. didn't. So, you know, this firing was definitely uh, it came as a surprise to Freddie and he was it seems like he was blindsided by it. So, I mean yeah, he's going to be walking out of the building really sad. And I think that was kind of a sobering moment for people who have been calling for his head all season because you're literally sitting there pounding the table saying, I want someone to lose their job. I want someone to lose their livelihood. And then when you actually see it happen, it's, you know, it's a little jarring to be like, oh, wait, like Freddie Kitchens is a real human being. And I've been wishing ill on him all season now i feel bad now i'm gonna you know i'm gonna take out my anger on the media or whoever yeah. you know posted this video of him walking out of the building like also, i think that's really what it comes like, down to yeah i don't again i'm not gonna get into ethics of it because i don't feel strongly one way, but it was the video was literally just a guy walking around a parking lot like yeah. it wasn't like he if, if he was sitting there sobbing or you know he got really emotional and it was but it wasn't he was just walking from a building to his car and you know, all this outrage about it. Like, how dare you, you vultures? Oh, the ethics. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> I'm like, stop it, drama queens. Like, that's <laughs> enough. I have literally sat here for five months watching you guys with all these personal attacks on the man. Like, you could say, I don't like him as a coach. I think he does stupid things. You don't have to get into him being obese and this fat moron. Like, are are we five-year-old, like, kids? You have to, you have to like start picking at someone's physical appearance and 
I'm never on board with that. So yeah. Also, let's let's, thing was just, let's see who's calling him a fat idiot. Like, are you you know in the gym seven days a week looking like a beacon of health? <laughs> right. <laughs> are you same sitting- goes same goes for the Baker Mayfield fat shamers. <laughs> Screw you guys. I know. Are you uh, are you sitting on three percent body fat over yeah. here? Like, what's going on? I Baker yeah, I, can run circles around you. So yeah. stop. Yeah, even an out of shape Baker is still. Exactly in better shape than 99% of the people calling him fat. Yeah. So I'm done. I'm done with all the fat shaming, all the fat sh- the 2020 the year of no fat shaming. I agree. I agree. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucked, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or post-holiday gift or just trying to craft smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE, B-L-U-E, for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com using promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right. So let's talk about... So I guess we inter- can, let's, we, let's talk about the international man of mystery. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was about to say we can start talking about the future of the Browns at this point because um, we're we're already looking uh, for for the next guy. And you had the, some opinions. The question is, I, I know who you had some, is who is looking for him. I know, and you had some questions about some internal personnel with the Browns. I I have a lot of questions. <laughs> All I have are questions. Oh. <laughs> so. One of our buddies yesterday tweeted and said, are we sure Paul D. Podesta is even real? And I've been laughing about that for a day now. I can't stop because I, I, I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to maybe think that he's, remember the Mandela effect where we all kind yes. of have a collective memory that doesn't really exist? Like, yeah, like the Berenstein Bears and yeah, how they're spelled Bears E-I-N, and yeah. like Febreze and Looney Tunes and of, of course Shazam with Sinbad that existed that nobody... I think he might be one of those. He's like a collective... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we remember a guy named Paul D. Podesta, but we don't actually know if he exists. I, I equate it to um, people who kind of fall in love with fictional characters and they become real in their eyes, like people who maybe read Harry Potter growing up. And, you know, they think that the fictional character Harry Potter is a real person and they'll celebrate his birthday on July 31st. Not mm-hmm. that I do that or not that I know when Harry <laughs> Potter's birthday is. But um, and that could be like Paul D. Podesta because he was in Moneyball. And so people are like, oh, yeah, I remember Paul D. Podesta from Moneyball. He was such a great character. Now yes. he works for the Browns. Yes. And like, I swear, if he walked up to me in the street, I wouldn't know who he was. I swear I would not. I have no idea. But yes, the, the reason I bring him up is because uh, Charles Robinson at Yahoo yesterday, he reported with Freddie Kitchens out. I believe Jimmy Haslam will alter the executive layer. 
I do not believe the power dynamic between GM GM John Dorsey and chief strategist Paul DePodesta will remain the same. A new structure is going to emerge in the next head coaching search. So, translation, apparently they think that DePodesta is kind of like going to act as John Dorsey's boss, correct? Um, that's hard to say because I'm not entirely sure what that power dynamic is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, at the moment. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes in Berea. I mean, I even saw someone talk about maybe even John Dorsey's job is on the line, which I I don't know if I really believe that. Um, I don't yeah, think I don't, that that's not going to happen. Yeah, that, that feels like more smoke than fire, because that was what, you know, you and me and Brie were talking about in our group text yesterday. We were talking about all the rumors that were coming out. And I said to both of you, there's so much smoke right now. I can't tell where the fire is. Yeah. Um, and I do think the idea of John Dorsey losing his job is it's not even smoke. It's like incense smoke. <laughs> you know, it's I don't think that's a real yeah. thing. But, um, no. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Todd Munkin and Steve Wilkes's jobs are are on the line at some point. Um, I'm surprised, I, especially Steve. I'm surprised he didn't get fired yesterday. Well, I feel like the the double firing like we had with uh, Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley. I feel like that was a, a flash in the pan. Like, I don't think that kind of thing is going to happen again where. Uh, someone comes in and cleans multiple houses. So uh, I think if uh, Todd Munkin and Steve Wilkes are going to lose their job, um, it, it'll probably be within the next few weeks or so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't think that John Dorsey is going to get fired. And I just don't think that that's a good story to talk about. Uh, if you're you know, trying to write stories about the Browns, that's I don't think that's one that I would go with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're talking about Paul DePodesta money ball guy Daryl <laughs> <laughs> tweeted yesterday he, he said de podesta wanted sean mcdermott who has made the playoffs twice in three years with the bills instead of hugh jackson in 2016 pretty big told you so feather in his cap to wave at ownership um that's interesting and there are rumors that he also when they were before they hired freddie kitchens that he wanted uh kevin stefanski mm-hmm. and he sort of you know it was overridden and I don't know if it was Baker who, who wanted Freddie kitchens or if it was John Dorsey who wanted Freddie kitchens or just the Haslam, but like apparently they were split and they did not go with deep Podesta's guy. But then this is a funny response and I just wanted to read it cause it made me laugh out loud. Okay. Um, to Daryl's point about told you so Paul D Podesta wanted Corey Coleman, Cody Kessler, and Kenny Britt. So though Jonah Hill loves to take a victory lap over stuff he didn't do, <laughs> we can talk about the stuff he did do and use that. Oh, so that was good times. I feel like this man, again, it's there's like analytics people, and then there's quote unquote football people football guys football guys yeah they ride around in their pickup trucks with their <laughs> testicles hanging off the football guys so if i had to choose a camp obviously i'd be more with analytics even though i also hate like numbers and stuff but i like nerds better than jocks so i'm on team analytics <laughs> well, I think also, like, if you're looking at the analytics, it, you know, if, if Paul D. Podesta is looking at the numbers, he's 
you know, looking at the stats of the teams that these guys have coached. He's looking at their playoff record. He's, mm-hmm. you know, looking at I'm and I'm sure he's even going into detail of like, okay, how many third down conversions did this team have under this head coach? Oh like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he like gets in the weeds of this yeah, stuff. And, and like kudos to him because I ugh. And there's a lot of value in that. So I want to say, oh God, it was a few years ago. There's a high school football coach, I think it was in Texas or something like that, who never punted. Like that was his rule was, I'm never going to punt. I'm always going to go for it on fourth down if we're in a fourth down situation. And I think their conversion rate on fourth down was like 40 or 50%, which is really, really high. And so, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot to be said for some of these numbers, especially when you're looking at... Um, what these numbers can do and I think that's so I think you do kind of need the football guy there helping him out but you know you can take the analytics side and say okay these are the numbers and these are very good numbers and then you can have that football guy go okay these are what these numbers mean and I think that's probably where uh the team fell short in hiring Freddie Kitchens and probably Hugh Jackson as well is they were looking at the numbers but they didn't look at what the numbers mean and you know Freddie Kitchens didn't even really have numbers to go on like I think that they were taking a chance, maybe thinking that he was going to be the next Sean McVay, and clearly he is—he's not. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just like picturing those two together. <laughs> Freddie and Sean McVay just standing next to each other, like, "Oh, this is our guy." It's like, <laughs> what version of Sean McVay is this? <laughs> the, oh my god! The fifty-year-old. <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to get me. <laughs> the guy just got fired. How reverent of me. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's. So maybe when they talk about structure change, that's what they're talking about. And I really do hope that's it, because I think that's going to be the hardest part. We can kind of get into head coaching lists right now because Bree sent us her wish list. Um, I mean, my my wish list, I had one person and it was Ron mm-hmm. Rivera. And now there's oh, man, be- you guys have one person. Bree has like a, a few mentionables. Yeah. And, and so, I had, like, like this whole category list. <laughs> yeah. So like Ron Rivera was my number one. And now there's reports that he's going to go coach the Redskins, which uh, is is disappointing because I really do think that Ron Rivera would have been like the right guy for the Browns. You know, what he- do you think they need? Like, ideally, what kind of guy does this team need? So I think, first of all, they need a disciplinarian like I I was talking to someone about this last night that they need a greg williams type like they need greg williams minus the lying minus you know the bounty gate the minus complete insanity that is bullshit. greg williams yes but greg williams ran a tight ship and i think that's one of the reasons why the browns did so well when he was interim head coach is because... um they could have just kept todd haley fyi <laughs> yeah i true. feel like he had greg williams like light where he wasn't such an ass, but like people would still probably listen to him. Um, yeah, I just want to throw Todd Haley. In there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's well, not I mean, on my list though, guys. Don't worry. I mean, I don't even think he's going to be on the Browns. Like, if he was going to be on the Browns list, he'd still be working for the Browns. He wouldn't have gotten fired at oh, the yeah, same time. He's as like out of Hugh. football forever. I'm sure of it. <laughs> he's done. But I mean, but yeah, that's what that's what this team needs. Is I think they need someone who can run a tight ship. Because how many times have we had to talk about? illegal shift penalties or delay of game or uh, there was an offsides penalty caused by a wide receiver yesterday and that like that type of thing should not happen and yeah you know that's all I, and I know the guys have to play a good football game but I think a lot of that comes down to coaching I think that uh, you know I don't think that Freddie knew how to run 
a football team. And one of the things I was thinking about this morning that's a little annoying and frustrating is a lot of the storylines that came out when it was announced that Freddie Kitchens was hired was, oh, is he going to be able to handle the personalities? Like, Baker's a big personality. OBJ, and then after they traded for OBJ, OBJ's a big personality. Can can Freddie Hitch- Kitchens handle this? And I was like, this is such a, like, that's such a frustrating storyline to latch onto. But then it proved right. You know, Jarvis Landry, who is, you know, the most mild-mannered person on the face of the planet, is yelling and screaming at Freddie Kitchens on the sidelines. Like, that doesn't happen. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, that players that have respect for their coaches, you know, people who have respect for their bosses, aren't going to go and yell and scream at them, no matter how angry or frustrated they are. So I think... For me, the you know, if we're building the perfect head coach, it's got to be someone who has the ability to run a tight ship in Berea. Um, you know, I was seeing other tweets today, hearing on the radio about people saying that Freddie Kitchen's game prep was the worst they had ever seen. Yeah. I so saw that. you know, it's <laughs> you know, so I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> And and also, like, I feel like we have a lot of like there were a lot of Hugh Jacksonisms with Freddie Kitchens where he was insisting on being the one calling the plays. Like, maybe we need a head coach that's OK with not calling the plays. You know, yeah, we need to have that sure. really strong or even like it just. Yeah. Somebody who is like, OK, um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, see, now I'm thinking out loud. If we have that, that means that it's like a, it's somebody that's not proven yet. Right. So you have somebody that's, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. No. Well, that's the thing. And that was going to be the second thing on my list of what I want is someone who has been to the playoffs before, which is one of the reasons why I liked Ron Rivera so much is because he took the Panthers to the playoffs uh, despite of that team, not because of that team. Like he, yeah. he was almost like LeBron Jamesing them where he was dragging them into the playoffs, kicking and screaming. And I really do think that the Browns need someone with experience. They need someone who knows how to win and they need someone who knows how to handle playoff situations. Because even during the season, they were talking about games like, oh, this is a playoff scenario for us. Like the second game against Baltimore, this is a playoff scenario for us. Like every game that they had to win in order to get that 5% chance of making the playoffs you needed someone who knew how to run a playoff-like team, and that's not Freddie Kitchens. So those are the top two things on my list of wants for a head coach is someone who can uh, run a tight ship and can handle the personalities and someone who has been to the playoffs before. Like, those are the two things that I want. And unfortunately, that list is kind of small right now, and it's getting a little bit smaller, um, especially, oh, sure. you know, especially with Rivera going going to D.C. That's a very quickly shrinking list. So um, I... I almost hope that in Berea they have something up their sleeve. Like they kind of have one of those off the wall hires that you wouldn't think about, but then actually works out really well. But you know, that's, that's, I don't think that's, I don't think it's going to be an off the wall hire. Yeah, no, that's, that's weird. Just, just Schefter just reported that Cleveland Browns requested permission to interview Patriots, Josh McDaniels for their head coaching vacancy. Yeah. I mean, Josh McDaniels would be good. Uh, I know Mike McCarthy's name gets thrown out a lot, but Packers fans are saying, no, 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 you don't want McCarthy. So I don't know where they're coming from on that one. But I think they're just kind of bitter. Although, you know, I'm not really. Okay. I just got the end of my list so you can understand where I'm coming from. Okay. All right. So you say Rivera. That's your guy. Bree. Was. Bree. <laughs> Was. <laughs> Let's no go over Bree's real fast. Okay. Her list. Ooh, she kind of threw in a. Bree. Okay. So her top three. McCarthy, mm-hmm. Rivera, and Stefanski. Okay. Uh, she says, I am off the urban train. 
I don't want McDaniels or Roman. Um, blah, blah, blah. Also, unpopular pick, I don't... Or it, she says Harbaugh. Oh, really? <laughs> Harbaugh, yeah. He's on one of my categories. Probably not the same one that Brie would put on. He said, I don't think he's translated into a college coach, but has had success in the NFL, which is true. He has. Um... But that could also wasn't uh, Roman there too, yeah. With him in San Francisco, and then uh, and then if if the Browns did hire Jim Harbaugh, like anytime we play the Ravens, it's going to be the Harbaugh again, all over again. Yeah, someone said yesterday, like, oh, I would give Harbaugh a try. And I'm like, it depends on which one you're talking about. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's and, be clear. And here's the thing: would people in this town hate Jim Harbaugh so much if he wasn't the coach of Mich- Michigan? Like, say he got a job at I don't know Purdue or USC or UCLA, like literally any other school. In I mean, I have no ill will Michigan. to like. I don't hate Michigan, so for me, it's just like I just. Yeah, I think there's just everything about him just rubs me the wrong way. There are certain people that I just don't like, and there's not really a specific reason for it. It's, and I know that's like you know, whatever. Dabo is one of those people. I just I don't like the guy. I don't like him. Oh, Everything yeah, about would, him just turns me off. Completely. Yeah, I would I would not want Dabo. I mean, obviously he's not going to be available because he's going to be at Clemson for a while, but yeah. yeah, no, Dabo is not someone I want. Um I kind of like Jim Harbaugh just because he's so funny to me. Like when you talk about liking or disliking someone as a person he's so weird and I he think is so weird he looks like like, like a dad in like a 50s sitcom and like everything and he, his demeanor and like the way he his khakis have always bothered me like there's just so <laughs> many little intricacies of him that just irritate the crap out of me and i don't even know why and he acts weird too like he does when i when i was covering sec football when i was uh living in in the deep south uh, the amount of obsession that Nick Saban had for Jim Harbaugh was almost comical. Like anything that Jim Harbaugh did, like it set Nick Saban off. I can't count how many SEC media days I was at where he was, you know, where Saban was going off about Jim Harbaugh in his press conference. And I'm like, dude, you win. Jim Harbaugh doesn't. Why are you like, it's like, yeah, girls, <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me? I don't like Saban either. So that's no. something I can no but yeah so you guys are on the same page with rivera um mccarthy no but yeah that's a pretty decent list and it seems to be a pretty popular list with you know browns fans there's a lot these names the same names keep getting brought up so yeah and well i mean and also a lot of these same names are probably getting brought up because they're also the names that are available um Mm -hmm. you know jason garrett might be available soon and i don't know how people feel about no 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 no, no. (laughs) okay so maybe i do know how people feel about that one so i mean we don't know what names are going to be available over the next few weeks um usually this is referred to as black monday because it's kind of the day where teams start you know firing the people they're planning on on getting rid of um i think one of my favorite quotes i heard was from andrew siciliano last week where he said um if something is inevitable make it immediate and that's exactly what the Browns did last night. Like they yeah. knew going into yesterday's game, like the Browns could have won 120 to nothing and Freddie Kitchen still would have been losing his job. Although I think if the Browns had a good game and looked like a competent football team, uh, Freddie probably would have been fired today and yeah. not last night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what the Browns did. They knew they were going to get rid of him. So they barely let him get off the plane and said, okay, guys. And then here's another thing that you can kind of tell why Freddie or how Freddie was so blindsided by it was in his press conference yesterday after the game, he was talking like a coach who wasn't going to lose his job. You know, he got a lot of those questions in the press conference and he got a little heated about them and understandably so. Like if someone came up to me and kept asking me whether or not I was going to lose my job, I'd get pretty pissed too. Um, 
But he said, you know, oh, he started talking about the schedule that he had laid out for this week. He's like, oh, and this is we're going to have this meeting. And then we've got this meeting and we've got this meeting at 10 a.m. And then on Friday, we're going to do this, this and this. And this is when we have walkthroughs like he was going through all of the things that he was going to do this week. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, that's not how that's not how someone who's about to lose their job talks. That's how someone who thinks that they're going to be here on Monday is talks. And then he wasn't so. Um, yeah, he was completely blindsided on that one. Um, here we go. We're going into my lists. Okay. You ready? Yes. So the, the categories are. All right. Coaches I will never want. <laughs> coaches I wouldn't hate but won't happen. Coaches I feel lukewarm about but I can be talked into. Okay. Coaches in my dreams. And there's a special category named after my own personal hero that I'm not going to tell you until it's revealed. Okay. Um, and the last one, the guy I think I will be genuinely happy with and ultimately want it to be. So there is one specific person that I'm like, yes, this is it. This is going to be my guy. All right. Let's get into this list. All right. Let's eliminate. Let's process of elimination. Let's eliminate the bad guys first. Mm-hmm. Bad guy number one, Urban Meyer. Don't want him. Never will. <laughs> Yeah, well, That's I think it. the hard part with Urban is that, you know, yes, he is a very good coach, but drama follows him everywhere. Like there were issues with him in Florida. There were issues with him at Ohio State. And for a team that wants football coverage and not drama coverage, Urban Meyer is not the right guy. Yeah. So he's number one. Number two, Josh McDaniels. Don't want him. And again, there's nothing like there's nothing really wrong with him. Like I, he'd be fine, maybe. But there's some there's something about his attitude that I just don't like. He just doesn't I like good guys, right? Yeah. Yes. I like the good guys. Again, I like the nerd I prefer the nerds over the jocks. And there's just everything about him just jockey to me. Um also he went three nine in Denver and then he was gone. Like after one I'm not no. Keep that train moving. I'm not with Josh McDaniels. Who and that's probably who they'll hire, so <laughs> uh who number else? three coaches I I don't want, Jim Harbaugh. Which we, into yeah, that. which we covered pretty extensively. Yeah. Um, number four, I obviously put Dapo on here, but he's not coming here anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Uh, coaches, I wouldn't hate, but won't happen. Uh, Lincoln Riley, I wouldn't hate. I really wouldn't. And I was trying, because here's my thing. I never thought about who who I want to replace Freddie Kitchens, because in my mind, it never entered that he was going to get fired. Like, that wasn't a possibility to me. So last night, I'm trying to create this list, and I'm just like, looking at all these names people are like blasting me all these names on twitter and i was trying to to separate them the best that i could and at first i was like okay they need someone that these players can respect right Mm -hmm. i think that's my number one thing because i think that the line between you know coach and buddy got too blurred with freddie kitchens oh for sure yeah, and I that's not going to work with all of these egos and all these personalities. You have to be someone that these people can respect. You are a coach. It's like, you know, a parent to a child. Yeah, my growing up, like, you know, you need that structure. You need that discipline from your parents. And later on, you can be friends. But, like, so that was my number one thing. I was like, okay, someone they can respect. I don't know. Lincoln Riley seems like a really good guy. You know, Baker likes him, whatever. He's not going to come because he's not going to leave. But, mm-hmm. you know. This is this is just a list. Well, and Lincoln um, Riley would also be a little bit of a wild card because he doesn't have any NFL experience. Like he does have the head coaching experience, which Freddie Kitchens didn't have. Um, but it is I, I do get a little nervous about bringing in 
college coaches to the NFL because we've just seen it not work so many times. Like it didn't work with Nick Staben. It didn't work with Steve Spurrier. It didn't work with Chip Kelly. Like, you know, so I, I always get a little bit nervous if you want to bring a head coach from the college level and make him a head coach in the NFL level. I think that is in that situation. I think it needs to be a little bit of working up the ladder. Like if Lincoln Riley did want to come to the NFL, like I think he needs to come in as a coordinator first um, mm. before he should be named a head coach, especially if he wants to have success. Yeah. So number the other coach I wouldn't hate but won't happen um, is Bruce Arians again <laughs> yesterday after the – You love the, him so much. I do. After the game yesterday, he said um, Bruce Arians on Jameis Winston. So much good, so much outright terrible. <laughs> God, I love him so much. I wish they would have at least like given him a shot last year. This man was like begging, almost in tears, trying to like get this job. This job that like, God, who the hell would want it? And Bruce Arians is like, I do, me, me, me. <laughs> and they just completely ignored him. And now he's down in Tampa with Jameis Winston. The I don't even. Oh God! So did, yeah, did he set some kind of kind of record? Like he did, he set some kind of interception record yesterday. Yeah, he went he went thirty and thirty for the year. Thirty interceptions, thirty touchdowns. My God, which is completely amazing. It's the best and worst thing I've ever heard. It's literally I the can't wrong get 30 over it. <laughs> I think. Yes. I, oh, I made this joke on Twitter um, because I had tweeted about Baker's interceptions. And someone had responded to me about Jameis Winston throwing interceptions. And I was like, you know what? I think he heard that Baker was throwing all these interceptions and wanted to make sure break- Baker didn't break his own record. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, is absolutely not the case. But it's, you know, it's Twitter. I like to joke and be stupid on Twitter. But that's all right. Who's next right, on Coaches your list? I feel lukewarm about, but I can be talked into. Uh, Ron Rivera, mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy. Um yeah like that and i sort of like battled with this one too because i saw his name pop up a lot last year i haven't seen anyone say it this year uh but matt campbell a lot of people are like big fans of his which i don't know i'm i feel lukewarm about him completely but maybe i could be talking to him um okay so in my dreams is this your like ideal guy like your perfect man no, okay. these, I mean, these are just people that like, oh, I would love to have, but like, again, they don't ever happen. Okay. Uh, so obviously, number one, Mike Tomlin, he and I have a rocky relationship. <laughs> sometimes I hate him and sometimes I love him. But he knows but how to some, win. Somebody asked yesterday, like, if you could trade the number 10 pick for Mike Tomlin, would you? Uh, I would, and I wouldn't even think about it. Well, yeah, because the talent that the Browns have on the team right now, like, it's really difficult to look at the draft right now because outside of, I guess, the linebacker position... Um, excuse me, not linebacker, um, offensive line, there's not a massive, massive need for the Browns right now um, because there's just so much talent on the team. Like, they definitely need to figure out their, you know, their tackle and guard situation. But outside of that, you know, other than maybe drafting some defensive players, but, you know, that's what Greedy Williams and Sione Takitaki were supposed to be last year. So... Takitaki. Takitaki. (laughs) So it's really... Yeah, so it's really difficult to kind of look at the draft. So, I mean, I would, like, I would trade the number 10 pick for a winning head coach. Of course I would. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, look what... uh, I'm not going to get in Mike Tom. We spent too much time talking about him already. But, like, I would absolutely. He, um... Um, In my dreams, number two, Bill Cower, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Hello? Is this your dream or your nightmare? The, the, my dreams. <laughs> okay. 
Um, number three, uh, Greg Roman. I would love to have him. I don't know that, like, you know, this would fit with our... Obviously, it's not going to fit with our system. No. But it, we would, you know, I'd like to see what he would do. Because he's really good with, you know, the Colin Kaepernick's and the Lamar Jackson's. I want to see what he would do with the Baker Mayfield and what kind of uh, offense he could design for him. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really intriguing. Um... Can I talk uh, about, number... before you get to your next one, can I throw out a name really quick of like <clears throat> in my dreams and it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is just my bias completely hanging out and showing. Uh, Frank Bieber. Frank Bieber. Frank Bieber. Whoa. Yeah. And this is like completely hypocritical because I just said, oh, no NFL experience. But hey, let's take a college head coach that's currently retired for mostly health reasons. Yeah, I mean, we're just throwing everything at I the mean, wall and right if now. We're, I just threw gonna, Bill Cower out, so we're fine. You know, and if we do that, too, like, if they get rid of uh, Steve Wilkes, uh, I would die a very happy death if uh, the Browns hired Bud Foster as a defensive coordinator. Hmm. Like, there we go. I know, yeah, and that's, again, my bias completely hanging out because I'm a <clears throat> Hokie and I always, you know, root for Hokies, so... <laughs> All right, so the last person in my dreams, Bill Belichick's son. <laughs> I think his <laughs> name is Steve. Steve. <laughs> He's got that mullet. Oh my god, he is fresh. so He is so weird. He he kind of feels like that guy like if you're out at the bar who like stares at you from across the bar and you can tell he wants oh, to yeah, come up and talk. Oh yeah, he looks like a total creep. <laughs> like, but like I love he, it. You can tell he wants to talk to you, but he either doesn't have the confidence or just or just prefers to stare at a distance. Like, you know, there's always that one guy at the bar that's just staring at you the whole time and doesn't stop. And then you get really uncomfortable and you have to, like, go to a different section of the place. <laughs> that's, that's, yes, Steve, that's, that's Steve Belichick. I love him. <laughs> he makes me uneasy. I like it. <laughs> but honestly, like, creepiness aside, he may not be a a bad choice because he is the son of one of the most legendary head coaches right, of all like, time. Right, like, it's in his blood. Like, yes. he, just, he was born as a baby. He was walking around with more knowledge than, like, I'll ever have in my life. I, I know I could feel it. Like, it's there. So, yeah, um, I know think his just, name's Steve, Steve Belichick. You know what? You just talked me into Steve Belichick. Like, I would be, yeah. I would be okay with Steve Belichick. Belichick as head coach of the uh, of, of the Browns, although I think for him, he's probably more than happy to stay under his father's wings until Bill retires, then he can take over the Patriots. Like, I think that's what he wants to do. I think he needs his own legacy. So come to Cleveland. <laughs> yes, yes, Steve. We're ready for you. We'll, we'll let you stare at us creepily in the bar and we won't do anything <laughs> about it. All right. Um, there's a specific category for a man who is my own personal hero. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I would want him to be the coach per se. I just want his presence around. I was talking to a friend of mine today or <laughs> yesterday, and we, of course, we were talking about me running for president. That's a, that's such a well. You're well. You're not old enough, but that's such a like weird. Yeah, thing to come up. Like, eventually. Like what? So, like what would the country be like with President Brittany Mollis? Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, but we were talking about. I said, well, yeah, like I'll be president. Um, you could be my vice president. I'd be your. Then uh, I'd be we... your uh, press secretary, right? That would be my job in the White House. Well, hold on, because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to beat this guy out for. I, okay. I said my secretary of state would be Marvin Lewis. Oh my god! My personal <laughs> hero. He has taught me. I have tears in my eyes talking about him right now. Oh my god! He has taught me that mediocrity is okay. <laughs> I could make a living, be a nice, nice living, being very average, and I don't, I don't, oh I barely God. have to raise my voice. I barely, you know, I show up, 
That's it. It's all yes. You <laughs> showing up is like eighty percent of of Marvin Lewis. You know what? If um, oh my god, if the Browns did hire Marvin Lewis, which I don't think would happen, but if they did, we might actually have to throw like a party or something because that would just. Be I like- would. <laughs> I literally, my heart might stop. I would be st- starstruck if they hired Marvin. Like he is. Other than probably like my dad and maybe like Barack Obama, Mar- Marvin Lewis is it for me. I mean, he is my. I'm I'm gonna get like a a canvas of just him. You know, the only I think the one of the things that would keep Marvin Lewis out of Cleveland is the Haslam's and John Dorsey would look at him and be like, "Well, you're not gonna bring Hugh Jackson with you, are you?" And then he'll say, "No, oh, no, 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 it's just me." Um, and then they're Haslam gonna say, would love that. They were like best friends. No, they're yeah, they're gonna be like, "Are you gonna bring back Hugh Jackson?" And Marvin Lewis will say, "No, no, it's okay. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna be the head coach. We're gonna win." And then like day one, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna hire Hugh Jackson as my offensive coordinator." Oh, God, no. And then John Dorsey's going to be like, damn it. I told you not to bring Hugh Jackson back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And last person, uh, the guy I think I will be genuinely happy with and ultimately I think want it to be until I do more research. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is my guy. I know this is this is all very, very fresh for us. You know, we're recording on Monday morning. We're releasing, you know, as soon as we're done recording. So, um, you know, a lot of the dust hasn't settled yet. Um, a lot of stories are still coming out uh, a lot. You know, we're discovering new things, you know, as you know, even as we're recording, we're finding out new things about what's going on. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely revisit this at some point. But who is, I guess, your your number one guy now? Number one guy is Kevin Stefanski. OK, you know what? That's I, I can. I feel like he. See, okay, so first of all, he's Dee Podesta's guy, and I'm on Team Nerd. I've established that. (laughs) Yeah, give me all the nerds. And if that's his guy, if that's who you know he's leaning towards, if that's who he wanted last, like, I'm cool with it. Um, I I, again, I have to do more research on him, but like, out of everyone, he's the one that I'm like drawn to the most. So that's my guy for right now. Yes, other than Marvin Lewis, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of of news happening, uh, normally I would edit out an awkward pause and stumbles, but the reason I stopped talking and got and and we were stumbling a little bit there is because I just got a notification from Adam Schefter that the Giants are planning on firing Pat Shermer. Ooh. So, like I said, um, you know, this is all very fresh and very new. It is Black Monday in the NFL, so. you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are coming out between, you know, now and and the next few weeks. So, yeah, we're we're finding out things as we're recording right now. So it looks like Pat Shermer is going to be out uh, out from the Giants. <laughs> Wait, I just saw this tweet. I have to read it. OK, it's from one. This is a really good Twitter. His name's at Eric J underscore D. OK. And it's regarding um, McDaniels. <laughs> he said, should the Browns hire a guy who ran all the talent out of Denver screwed over the Colts is living off a historic offense in 2007 with a team that has had two decades of success with or without him. And the fans of his current team can't wait to send packing. Who is to say? (laughs) (laughs) Who is to say? (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry, I had to read that because it just made me laugh so hard. I know all, all of right. this is so fresh and new right now. So uh, that's uh, yeah. those are some good. That's some good lists. There's a lot of really good names out there. Uh, so we're just gonna. I like. I hate to say we're gonna have to wait and see, but that's really where we are right now. Because if there is gonna be a structure change in Berea, like that's gonna happen before they start their head coaching search. Um, if Steve Wilkes and Todd Munkin's jobs are on the line, like that is gonna happen sooner rather than later. 
So, you know, there's there's still a lot of things to happen. But yeah, that's our uh, but that's our breaking news for today. Freddie Kitchens fired. Browns completely failed. And yeah, I think they they had the uh, horrific collapse that they are looking for, because that's another thing is that when that story came out about, you know, the barring a horrific collapse, you know, the brand's plan on bringing back Freddie Kitchens in 2020. Like at this point, do we believe that that was genuine? Do we believe that the Haslam's and John Dorsey really did want to bring Freddie back unless something crazy happened? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I mean, I guess Freddie like sealed his own fate on that one. Um and then I think also we were talking about this a little bit before um, before we started recording, but the idea of Todd Munkin and, and play calling, because when you watch the Browns this season, there was a lot of, you know, tale of two Browns situations mm-hmm. where there were times when they looked like the football team we expected them to. And then there were times where they looked, you know, like like a freshman football team in high school, Texas, <laughs> you know, it was just there were they were two completely different teams and the only team or excuse me, the only game where they looked like a real team and played a complete game was that first game against the Ravens. Like, that is the only win this entire season we were happy about. There were six wins this season, and we were only happy about one of them. And that makes me wonder, was this the difference between Freddie Kitchens play calling and Todd Munkin play calling? And then one of the questions that you brought up was, did Todd Munkin ever call plays at any point throughout the season? And I think he did. Uh, and I'm I'm starting to believe, based on how the Browns played yesterday, when Freddie Kitchen said no, I am calling the plays. Todd Munkin, when he was asked if he was calling the plays, he said no. So we knew Freddie was in charge yesterday. We saw how they played. It made me wonder a little bit when the Browns were looking like the football team we wanted them to look like. Were those the times where Todd Munkin was calling the plays? Yeah. We may never know. Yeah. So well, I mean, we might know if Todd Munkin survives the. Uh, you know the, the house I, I don't see how how they survive like yeah. you're gonna get a new head coach I, you gotta bring I, you would think that they'll just bring in their own guys yeah well we will keep up on the news uh starting next week i think we're gonna go back to our normal recording schedule uh we had yes. you know a few special episodes because of christmas week and then obviously freddie was fired but yeah starting next week we will be back on our regular release schedule of every wednesday um i'm sure we'll start to get into more calves um we'll get a little bit uh you know i think what is it 87 days pitchers and catchers report so (laughs) we'll have some baseball to talk about great (laughs) all right everyone thanks for joining us this week don't forget to like share rate review whatever we really appreciate you all um have a happy new year happy new year we will talk to you in 2020